Hello and welcome to the Disney Doodah Podcast. I am Brad from Wicked Mouse Travel and I'm joined as always by my brother and lifelong Disney Parks fan, John. Hey, John. Hey. <laughs> we are a bi-weekly podcast exploring all things Disney vacations from the Seven Seas Lagoon to Sailing the High Seas. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today, we're going to be talking about Disneyland's, and that's California's Disneyland's new parade, Magic Happens. We're also going to be touching on at the end of the show our little discussion topic of the day, which is Disney Quest and which of the attractions at that Disney Quest, which is no longer there, we liked the best and you liked the best. So without further ado, let's get started with Disneyland. So they're releasing a new parade on February 28th. So it's coming up pretty soon, right? Yep, February 28th of 2020, the brand new parade. Uh, from what I did see here, um, it is uh, the first um, daytime parade that Disneyland has had in a very long time. Um, so they're trying to make it a big, spectacular thing. Yeah, yeah, they brought back the um, Main Street Electrical Parade just a little bit ago for a, for like a short stint. That one was that was a pretty big news when that came out. But you're right, it's always been like a, a big nighttime spectacular kind of over there and so this is going to be something something grand uh, they've released some artist concepts of these floats and we definitely want to talk about those today because i mean they're not an exhaustive list of what's going to be there but from what i've seen with promotional videos and everything the artist interpretation and the concept pictures are very 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 close to what you're actually going to see coming down coming down main street yeah the um the, the floats, they, they do have the concept art for pretty much most of them. Uh, they have announced a couple other ones, which we'll get to later, uh, that they don't have the concept arts up yet. Um, other than just the concept arts, uh, they do have uh, scores of music um, that they're kind of uh, contemporizing a lot of the old Disney songs for the, the, the individual floats that they have, as well as a brand new song uh, that will be co-composed by singer-songwriter Todrick Hall. Um, yeah, he's a, if you don't really know who he is, he is also a very big, uh, YouTuber now. Um, so he does have a lot of songs and stuff that he does on YouTube. Uh, some of that has been Disney in the past. So, uh, if you look at, look at his stuff, he is very talented. So, uh, kind of excited about that as well. That's yeah, that's exciting. Just, just all that new music. Some of the coolest and like most memorable songs that Disney's come up with have actually come out of the parks. So it's it's kind of exciting that some new ones are going to be just like that uh that put your ears on song that they had for the the parade in uh, Disneyland I mean sorry Disney World for Mickey's ninetieth um it's it's just they're so catchy and so I can't wait to wait to hear what's going to come out of out of Disneyland's new parade so the first concept picture I saw was an actual a sword in the stone like. Out of all, out of the blue, I mean, you're not expecting something like a classic Disney movie that of that kind of caliber that that long ago, and it's actually I'm excited to see it. Yeah, the uh, the Sword in the Stone one is kind of just it, it's a smaller float um, compared to some of the other ones that they have there. Uh, that's for the concept art, but um, that you do have Merlin, you do have Arthur, and Arthur pulling the stone out. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a complete out out of left field uh float that um that you wouldn't expect so they're kind of it looks like they're 
idea here is that they're trying to pull some Disney classics as well as some new stuff as well to kind of make it um, uh, fun for all ages to be like, oh my god, I remember that uh, kind of thing. So To actually see Arthur, I, I mean, Merlin is, he's out and about you mm-hmm. know, Disney these days. You see, like, you know, his hat and stuff that Fantasia Mickey kind of wears and stuff. I mean, he was it's a different character in Fantasia, but it was highly, it was very much looking like Merlin. And, you know, like, that whole Merlin atmosphere is there, but just to see Arthur in the parks is just, that's, that's new to me. I've, you know, it's been, I mean, there's that sword in the stone at Disney World that I've seen that you could try your hand at pulling it out, but Arthur himself, I've never seen him. So that's, that's cool that he's actually going to be portrayed. Um, the float itself looks pretty cool. It's actually like a little bit darker than some of the others. It's very, very reminiscent of the movie. It's got that gray, rough brick kind of stone exterior with like these, these magnificent archways and there's there's like ice and snow all around where Arthur is pulling that that sword out, and it's it's pretty cool, but it's, it's a lot of gray tone. Yeah, there's gray. There, there's some moss on there. There's some snow. Um, so yeah, I I'm not sure because it it the, obviously the concept art is Arthur pulling it out. So I'm hoping they have a person there. That's kind of a boring thing for him to do on there is just be trying to pull the sword out. So I'm not sure if maybe that'll just be a stagnant. Um, animatronic. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And then Merlin will be a person, but aging from the crowd. But yeah, things put like that animatronic part of it out there. Yeah, but it's kind of weird if he's just pulling the sword out. So I'm hoping that that he does a little bit more. Merlin, obviously, he's down a little bit further. He's using his wand. He's moving yeah, around. Front. Yeah, so. even at Merlin. So moving on to uh, there's a princess and the frog float. Um, so that one's pretty cool too. That one. Of course, it doesn't actually have them as frogs, but it does have Taina and Prince Naveen, and they're they're dancing. Of course, if you're going to see a prince and princess on a float, they're usually kind of going to be interacting with each other. And in, in the picture, they're dancing. I'm sure they're going to be waving to the crowd a bit here and there, but um, it's very earthy. This uh, this float, this one's this one's pretty cool. It's a, it's another one of the small ones as well, but yeah, it has the colors. Uh, that the uh, Sword in the Stone is kind of lacking. It's kind of uh, um, has a, the moss, um, the the greens, the yellows, the purples in there. Uh, so it's kind of more, um, a, a lot more of a color pop. Yeah, thinking about that, that yellow and purple, that's kind of like, that's Mardi Gras, you know? That's mm-hmm. like, those are those New Orleans bright, vibrant colors. And like, yeah, while they're sitting there, they're kind of in the bayou doing a little dance. There's this there's this willow tree that's arching up over them. And then, so that's kind of framing them out. There's not a lot of space for them to move on this float, but it's, it's very much like a center stage. They're actually, they're getting some, some front face time, which is, which is good to see for, for Tiana and Naveen, Naveen more than Tiana. She's actually out in the parks a lot, but you don't see much of him. Yeah. It kind of happens a lot of the times with the, the princes. You don't really see yeah. with the exception of beast. Yeah. Well, in there's, Aladdin. There's, Um, keeping with princesses, our other float, of course, you wouldn't have a Disney float without Cinderella, right? <laughs> Obviously, uh, yeah, hers is another one of the small ones. Um, it's kind of taking the place of where, um, the, 
um, the pumpkins turning into the coach. So it's kind of partially transformed around her and she's inside of it. Yeah, this one's actually, they went a completely direction, different direction than I would have imagined they would have with Cinderella because, I mean, while she's wearing her uh, characteristic light blue gown and everything, that is the only splash of blue I am seeing on this entire float. Like, she is pretty much almost like a snow globe encapsulated in the outline of a pumpkin, and they took the artistic decision to make that, like, what bits of pumpkin you do see, it is a bright orange. Like, it is clearly a pumpkin, and it's not the coach version of the pumpkin. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, like, partially transformed. Yep. Yeah, it, it, that's what I was about to say. Is it looks exactly like a snow globe. Like they could pretty much turn this into a snow globe to sell in the shop, and it would be fine. I'd buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd buy it tomorrow. Um, moving over to um, there's two floats actually from the movie Moana that I've seen, and they're actually they're not connected. They're separate floats. I'm, you know, they're connected by the movie, but they're not like one big connected float. So we'll talk about the small one first, which strange enough is Maui. He gets his own float, which awesome. Maui gets his own float, but it's it's kind of it's a little it's a little float. <laughs> yeah, you he's bigger than life itself and then they give him this itty bitty living space. Moving God this little rock he's standing on. But all right, but he also has Pua, you know, he's got Pua sitting on this artist interpretation. So he's um, he's standing on what looks like a, like a lava rock outcropping, so you can imagine it's just like the beginning of an island, and he's standing on the grass, and there's some, of course, palm trees and some nice foliage behind him and everything, but really that's it. It's just him standing on some grass, some palm trees and, and shrubbery behind him. Looks like Pua's on the rocks with him. I'm not sure if that's probably going to be audio animatronic right there. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm assuming they're gonna have a real life uh, Maui character woven. Yeah, he's got his. It's hard to see, but you, uh, if you kind of squint, you can see his fish hook. But obviously, it's probably gonna be easier to see on the actual float itself. But it looks like he yeah. does have his hook. In the interpretation, that hook is part of the float. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure if he's gonna be holding it or if it's gonna be built in like it is on the artist concept. So that I'm excited to see um, because. You know, I'm not sure how they're gonna how they're gonna handle that because it is a large hook. So if they're gonna have an actual um, cast member actor being Maui on that float, kind of waving around that hook, you can you know you can get into some trouble with it. Um, get it caught on things. Everybody gets heavy. Who knows? So I think it's a kind of a good idea to have it to have it in the float, but we'll see if they actually make it so he can pick it up. You know. It also does stay here. The uh, that from Maui uh, for Disneyland itself. It's his uh, debut, uh, so this float is his first yeah. time being in Disneyland Resort. Yeah, he's never been there. Um, keeping on that vein, a completely turnaround float is Moana's. That thing is huge, and it's beautiful. It looks great, at least from the concept art. So yeah. looking but it's 
essentially her canoe boat with her single sailboat in front of a giant cresting wave. And the wave itself is this kind of translucent, shimmery blue. But all of the accents that kind of show the curl and the frothing of the waves are like this bronze or copper colored. And at the very tip of the wave is that um, is that manta ray that her grandmother turns into. So it's it's awesome. It's it's beautiful. And inside all of the uh, areas of the blue, there's all kinds of different sea creatures. You can see turtles. You can see um, little fish. Um, there's some undersea like coral and um, undersea seaweed, and all, all, it is. It, it looks really cool. It's, it's a really cool concept. It's probably the coolest float I've seen. Yeah, I'm excited to see for. if they like light it from the inside. Oh, that'd so be awesome. Actually, and if it's they're not static pictures, I hope like the turtles and the sea life swimming around there are not static. You know, I hope it's mm-hmm. kind of like you know they've done some a lot of work with projection at Disney World and Disneyland. So I I kind of want to see some like internal projections on that surface so like you see the the sea creatures moving in real time as if they're like a screenshot of the actual ocean that would be that would be awesome so moana of course we didn't talk about her that much she's standing on the bow of that canoe and it's more or less the canoe right at the very end of the movie so spoiler alert at the end of the of moana here's your chance to to stop the podcast and go watch it if you haven't seen it she gets uh she gets her canoe back um from tafiti but it's got all the flower accents along the edges of the of the boat, along the mast and hanging from the sail. So it's it's that version of her boat where it's kind of like beautified with all the all the floral accents and she's standing on the bow with, you know, her hand on all of the rigging, kinda of steering the, the boat down the down Main Street. Um actually uh, just really quick, because uh, I was reading some information on it. Uh, we were talking about the animals. One of the things I was looking at on a Disney Park blog, it says animated glimpses into the magic of the ocean. Animated? Oh, it's okay. So, so it looks like they are going to move. That. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, we didn't see, we didn't see, um, hey, hey. I mean, I've, like I said, we saw Pua on Maui's float. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed that there's no hey, hey. I really like that little chicken. So. <laughs> I hope he's going to show up somewhere, either with Maui or on Moana's boat. Moana's boat makes a lot more sense for the little boat snack to appear. (laughs) (laughs) And and if you have no idea what we're talking about, if you have not seen Moana, please, please go see it. It's one of the best movies of the new generation of Disney animated movies, so definitely a a recommended watch. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. Um, Another popular movie of of the new run of Disney movies. Frozen 2 has its own floats. It's definitely a Frozen 2 float. Not just like Anna Elsa. It is clearly about the new movie. So again, if you haven't seen it, skip ahead. You know, use that little that little podcast skip ahead button because there might be some spoilers about what's going on in the movie. But because this, this float is entirely the theme of the movie from front to back. It kind of plays through the whole movie. It's actually pretty cool. So the float itself starts front and center with the uh, that water spirit, that, that horse, and it's shimmering and blue and gorgeous, and it looks like it's like a, in a mid-rearing up, and so that, that parlays back into the Enchanted Woods, which are these really tall trees with um, a lot of bright red, yellow, and orange leaves, and like 
it's 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 gorgeous. And then moving back, that's where you'll find Anna and Olaf standing right in front of an ice wall, right? Yeah, the, there's a big, tall ice wall. Right at the top of that, you have Elsa. It looks like there's some kind of like a big snowflake thing, kind of like trying to show that she's performing some of her magic. Yeah, like that, like that emblem of the. Uh, yep. Yep. Again, watch the movie. And <laughs> I haven't seen and, it. And the, that, <laughs> the North Mountain there is all behind your nose, so it's definitely a darker, more cold uh, <laughs> section towards the back. It's it is tall, and then there's a little surprise coming after the float, isn't there? Yeah, it, I didn't even notice it until uh, right before we we started recording. Uh, right at the very end, uh, it, actually, Sven might be on the float at the very back. But yeah, they've been they've done that with Disney floats where when the float goes by, you're like, "Hey, where's so and so?" And then as it goes by, you see there's like this little cutout in the very back of the float where someone's tucked away, waving at the crowd from the back. That might be where they put Sven. Yeah, but Kristoff uh, is definitely not on the actual float itself. He's pushing kind of like a cart. Uh, obviously, probably he's in the movie, but I haven't seen it myself. Uh, but he's pushing a cart, and he's... Yeah, I haven't seen it. I needed to, and I just didn't get there yet. Um, but yeah, he's pushing a cart, so he's behind the float. Uh, so it's a little kind of extra thing that they added uh, to kind of put him in there. Yeah, so I'm sure he'll be engaging a lot more with the audience. I'm sure, you know, you always have your princesses waving from the floats. But there's uh, there's Kristoff, who's actually going to be on the street himself, interacting a little bit more one-on-one. Of course, I did... We did forget to mention, there's a few other floats, but throughout all of this, if you've ever seen a Disney parade, there will be choreographed dancers and other characters most likely mixed throughout. It's not just the floats. These are This is not like a float after float. There's always cho- beautiful choreographed dances of all kinds of cast members and stilt performers and all those other things just interspersed between these floats. So it's it's usually a, like a spectacle and a sight to see all of its own. So... Um, another newer kind of not really have its own place in the parks yet movie. Coco is getting a float, and this is another sizable float. It is. It actually looks to be one of the biggest, the biggest ones that's on there. With the exception, uh, obviously, we're gonna have to find out once they actually release the floats. But between this Frozen Two and Moana, have the biggest floats. We gotta see which one's the biggest one. Uh, but yeah, th- this is. Uh, out of the floats that we've seen, this is the only one that I've seen that they've incorporated Pixar for this. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it is a two-parter float. So there are, it looks like, two actual moving floats that are connected by a essentially a bridge, a literal and figurative bridge. So on the front, it kind of also shows, you know, the whole progression of the movie Coco. So on the front, you have kind of the real world, you got Miguel in his in like a gazebo at the town square and everything. He's playing that, you know, that signature guitar with the with the little skull on the end. Um, and he's he's standing um, at the top of the stairs in that gazebo, like I said, playing his guitar. And then behind him, you have a huge bridge made of marigolds. That is, you know, can, if you've seen the movie, it's connecting the afterlife. And the real world, so that's that's actually portrayed on the float, and you actually have the dog Dante <laughs> running around 
on the on the bridge. I'm not sure what they're gonna do about having him portrayed, but I really want to see him there because he was one of he's one of the more fun parts of the movie. I like that dog. Yeah, it looks like Dante uh, just from the concept art, he's like connected underneath, so he's probably gonna be moving up and down on track, mm-hmm. uh, bouncing, and he's chasing the the other uh, dog from the land of the dead that he chased throughout the movie. Um, so you have the land of the living with Coco and Ernesto de la Cruz's guitar. And then on the other end, the land of the dead, um, you have, um, the stage and you have, forget their names. Yeah, that's it. Uh, standing on the stage, the other one's playing the guitar as well. So you kind of have that gap pretty much covering the entire movie, land of the living, land of the dead. So yeah, they're, they're over there on the, on the backside and they're, very much on a stage like it is there are lights above them there's a curtain behind them it's a big beautiful stage but what i really like about it is because of the whole mexican heritage their stage in the afterlife is actually perched on what looks like an old aztec or something like a pyramid of like old mexican um native mexican heritage so i'm not inca aztec i'm not sure what the exact um, inspiration was, but it is that old stone pyramid with the stairs going up the middle, and that is super cool to me. I really like that that they've kind of pulled that part of of the story where it's you know it's going back into the history of of a country that we you know in a, in a in a heritage that we don't know too much about that much, and that's a part of our own in America, and it kind of brings that that pyramid and just the the old style with it. And there's you know it's a lot of gold, of course, with the marigold flowers and lots of bright colors, so that one's truly Disney with all of its brightness. Yeah. The, with, with that um, big stone pyramid, it, it looks like it's kind of like phasing into like kind of a city as well of buildings. Um, so parts of it are kind of buildings and parts of it are kind of that, that pyramid. So it looks like it's kind of like trying to phase two ideas. Into yeah. One. Yeah. Like where the, the, that little town where all of the, in the afterlife where um, Miguel found all of the, uh, his relatives and things that little kind of afterlife hometown where he eventually ran into Hector in the movie. Um, and the last float that we have an artist concept picture of is I believe what they're going to end the parade with, which is why we're deciding to end the podcast with it. Well, this section of the podcast with it. And that would be of course the sleeping beauty float. And that's another decently big two parter. And it's that one's pretty cool too. It's it's a, it's very over the top, of course it is, because Sleeping Beauty Castle's right there in Disneyland. So there's a lot of Sleeping Beauty in Disneyland. So this one is it's very over the top and beautiful. Yeah, the, with, with uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle being there, I'm assuming a lot of stuff with Disney World kind of ends with Cinderella. Um, they're doing that uh, kind of with the Disneyland parade, doing it with Sleeping Beauty because her castle is the main focal point of Disneyland. So this uh, this float starts with a circular front, and on that front you have Florifauna and Merryweather, the three the three fairies, and they're on different level risers. So they're on their own little circular platforms at different heights, just kind of like at some, I guess, some varying degrees. Um, and they're there waving and and waving to the crowd with their with their wands and everything. And then 
goes to the back and there's a even higher circular platform on this even bigger section with all kinds of castle spires and flags and banners and filigree everywhere and that was it's super colorful and that's where you're going to find um aurora and prince philip dancing together and inter interacting with the crowd there and uh, did you happen to to see the little secret about Aurora? Yeah, her dress had because the whole thing with um, Flora and Meriwether um, with the blue and the pink. So her dress kind of shimmers between blue and pink. Yeah, it's actually going to change color between blue and pink while the parade is going on. Which I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm sure again, it's another type of uh, projection and all that fun. Again, I don't even dream to imagine how these Imagineers make what they do happen, but I'm excited to see that her dress is actually going to change color, because that's you know, you always, you'd always hear rumors that, you know, the Sleeping Beauty at one of the Disney Parks dress changed color, and then it was always just a trick of someone on Facebook, or on YouTube. But this one, they're actually promising us a color-changing dress, and I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, that, look, that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, the um the other thing I did see on here as well is uh, we did we just mentioned now the the back end the uh, the finale of the parade the very beginning will be Sorcerer Mickey kind of starting it off with his magic wand. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to have his own float and they're kind of keeping that under wraps for now, or if it's just going to be him walking down the street. Uh, but I'd he, imagine he doesn't usually walk in parades. You know, yeah. he's very he's usually pretty high up and pretty. Uh, it's a big deal made out of Mickey, so I. I I'd imagine they're not going to make him walk down the street just because it is Mickey Mouse. He's usually in a place of power up top and and prestige. So it's yeah, I he he's one of my favorites. I, I did, did you see the concept art for his new sorcerer attire? Yeah, that looks super cool. It's completely revamped. It uh, has a lot of teals and purple gold. Uh, it's it still looks like sorcerer Mickey, but it's completely taken over with color yeah it was you know it was kind of a drab robe and so it's mm -hmm. about time it's gotten an update there will always be those i'm sure who, who appreciated the old but you know you gotta you know mickey he's hearing he rings around mickey Minnie a lot you know she's always up in the forefront of fashion so i'm sure she's probably having a little conversation with him on the side you gotta you gotta ditch that old robe you gotta i guess something a little bit more fly there buddy that or somebody spilled a whole bunch of paint on it <laughs> That too. All right. So um, those are just the folks that we've we've actually had released by Disney with concept art. They did say that there was a few others that would possibly be included. You know, of course, like there's the Pinocchio. There's probably some Peter Pan going on, Aladdin. So don't think what we've talked about is the gospel of what's only going to be there. Those are just the folks that are confirmed and that they actually have uh, the the concept art for. Of course, it is a Disney parade, so they got their secrets, and there will, of course, be a lot more than you even imagine when if you go to see it. And so I'm sure it's going to blow us all away. Yeah, it looks really, really, really cool. So um, look forward to that uh, uh, February 28th and going forward. Yep, Disneyland, California, so try to try to book that um, in the future, obviously. You're, uh... Yeah, still time to, to get on out there now or I mean it's not it's not just a one night thing so you know plan plan your next trip to uh, Disneyland in California and check out um, 
Disney's California Adventure while you're there. There's, there's a lot of fun to be had in Anaheim if you go to go to Disneyland Resort. Yeah, and I wonder who they can book a vacation with. I wonder. <laughs> All right, moving. I guess that's it, right, for our um, the Magic Happens Parade. Yeah, it looks pretty much that. That's uh, that's the big the big hoop to do about. It. Uh, also, one other quick thing: if you did want to kind of look at some information about it, um, if you look back at the the D23 Expo from 2019, uh, the chairman, Bob Chappick from Disney Parks, kind of went through some detail about what's going on about it as well. So if, other than this, if yeah, you want to take a look at that, yeah, if you want to take a look at that, uh, you can find that on most likely YouTube. Um, but th- there was a little kind of press conference that Bob Chappick did uh, back in 2019 at the D23 Expo. All right. Well, yeah, definitely look into that. D23, if you haven't heard about it, oh, yeah, look into D23. It is kind of the the up and coming. What is what is new in Disney? So definitely, if you want some Disney news, check them out. Um, so that brings us to Disney Quest. Oh, so yes, <laughs> Disney's Quest. Um, it was it, it debuted in in June of ninety eight. In Walt Disney World, it actually actually opened a Disney Quest in Chicago as well in June of '99. Um, and that was short lived. Yeah, it, it it died in 2001, whereas the Disney Quest in Orlando kept going a lot longer. Um, but it was a completely different venture for Disney. Um, it's it was a multi leveled experience, more or less. It was this interactive, mostly virtual kind of park in a building. <laughs> yeah, was there um, their take for to try to bring a part of Disney World to everywhere? Uh, their goal was to open up Disney quests across the United States, Canada, across the world eventually. Um, they had plans initially to open one in Disney uh, Disney World, and then the Chicago, and then the next two that were supposed to be is Philadelphia, Baltimore, and then Toronto. Uh, yeah. But once Chicago flopped, they stopped production everywhere else. Yeah, I think they actually started to build Philadelphia. They did, yep. Kind of abandoned. Yep, they abandoned it. Now it's a parking lot. Well, you know, pave paradise and put up a parking lot, as the song goes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it kind of, it hit a few points in fans, but it also fell short a bit, but just for the sake of nostalgia, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you when it came out in the the late nineties, early two thousands, it was very much kind of at the cutting edge as far as technology went. And then... I kind of, I think I stopped, well, my last visit to Disney Quest was in 2015, I believe, right before, like, about two years before they closed it. They were they were already in talks about closing it, and I'm going to let you know, before we start talking about our favorite aspects of Disney Quest, it didn't hold up, man. <laughs> Those, the technological advancements that were at the top of their game back in 1999 did not hold a candle to what was going on in the actual parks as of 2015, 2016, even 2017 when they closed it down. It didn't get the love and care 
and constant updating that the other aspects of Disney so did. So it kind of just stayed a snapshot of 1999 up until its closure, which, again, was very nostalgic to see, but also very disappointing as an adult when you had such high hopes and memories as a child. <laughs> yeah, luckily for me, I, I only went uh, when we went for the band trips. Uh, so those are my only, yeah, those are the only two times I ever was in there. And so I have, I never went in after that, but because of the fact that it flopped and it didn't turn out to be what they wanted it to be, they had no desire to update and add new attractions. So it was really just, just keep it running. Yeah. So we didn't mention it was actually in um, downtown Disney, which is now Disney Springs. So it wasn't in one of the parks. It was, you could have you could have gone to Disney Quest. It, it didn't charge admission, but you could have gone to Disney Quest if you were visiting Orlando without actually having a ticket to one of the major parks. It, you did get a ticket to Disney Quest with the inclusion of a Park Hopper Plus pass, which included the um, the water parks and mini golf along with Disney Quest. But that was um, that was always a secondary location at Disney Springs or Downtown Disney. So. Um, there, the whole point of it was like a multi-level building with all kinds of crazy, very much virtual attractions. Like I said, they, they piled a lot of Disney into a small space. And you had things like a Pirates of the Caribbean, like ship battle to a virtual jungle cruise, a virtual magic carpet ride, um, create your own toy with Sid from Toy Story. There was a, there was a Mighty Dogs pinball slam, uh, even updated to include after they closed an extra terrestrial alien encounter, they actually had like a little um, ride where you could get into a rescue vehicle and try to save astronauts from the aliens. So they did try to update it a little, but all of the original um, original attractions didn't get much TLC. Um, so what we asked you guys um, what your favorite attractions were and biggest answer we got was it was like hyperspace mountain cyberspace mountain cyber sorry cyber hyperspace mountain's at disneyland <laughs> cyberspace mountain yeah which was basically supposed to be designed off of space mountain uh but it, ultimately what it was is uh you went to a kiosk hosted by bill nye the science guy but he referred to himself as bill nye the coaster guy uh, it, it was very late 90s yeah. uh but it was Bill Nye, so I mean, he he walked you through how to put together a roller coaster. You could um, do loop de loops and speed up, slow down. You can even put gas in the track so it would fly off the track and then land again. Um, but once you got past this kiosk center with Bill Nye, um, I don't remember if it was a code or a disc or something. They, you had something that you would go to another area where they had two gyro discs. Or gyro ball. Yeah, there was like a, a pitch and roll simulator, and, and you could actually ride the coaster you built. Yeah, and it was just amazing for for the time. Again, when I was young, and when it was right soon after first open, it was early two thousands when we went. Um, so it was it's really cool, like something that you never had before. You could ride your own roller coaster. Really, all you had before that was like roller coaster tycoon, which was on a computer. Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool because once you were inside of that simulator, you were able to actually feel 
the the co- I mean, of course, it was very it was all simulated, so it was a giant screen in front of you that that showed the track in front of you. But you could feel the pitch and the roll and the yaw of the uh, your ride vehicle as you went through and around all of the banks and turns and jumps in the in the coaster. So it wasn't like you were just watching it go. You actually got to experience this insane roller coaster because no one built a straightforward roller coaster. You always you had like probably like six loops connected with corkscrews in between. It was you again, you were kids. You did the weirdest things you could possibly do and yet still make it a workable roller coaster. So you then had to go and experience it and it was it was just one of a kind. Yeah, it was, it was that was what one of my favorite uh things to do there. Yeah, I, I could have stayed up there and built coasters all day. So what was your favorite part? I mean, I'm sure that was on both of our short lists. So with Cyberspace Mountain off the table, where would you go if it was say say it was closed and you had to choose something, you could only do one thing at Disney Quest, Cyberspace Mountain's closed, where are you running to? I would be going to the Radio Disney Songmaker because that <laughs> My that thing is a my ride. really good friend Josh and I, um, the first year that we went down for for band, we spent like so long recording the song <laughs> and laughed our butts off the whole time. I still remember some of the lyrics. The song was called "When I Rule the World" by Josh and John, and I don't have the CD anymore, and I really wish I did. Yeah, yeah it, it was a stupid song. It was in country. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and again, you didn't you didn't record your voice. In you this. did I mean, at one the, spot. You, uh, yeah, you were supposed to say, when we were recording it, we could only put one person's name in, so it started out with Josh, and we were supposed to say "Hail King Josh." We were teenagers. We did not say that. We took a saying from Towelie from South Park and put that in. So every time it would get to that point, it would say that in a really high pitched voice. It was just funny. Yeah, so essentially all the other lyrics except for when... It prompted you to say something. Yeah, except for when you needed to say a little line here and there. They were all pre-recorded lines sung by an actual singer, so that just made it even even weirder because like there was this... They, you know, they, they were just some funny... like, and, and you could pick from a slew of like five or six different lines you wanted us to say, and it even made it so it would rhyme. Um, yeah, so no, at one it point, sounded like a cohesive. At one point, there's fart jokes in it. One of one of the things you could say is, "I'll just rip a big one, and cookies will appear." Um, and then right after that, another thing we found right after that it says, "You're the most gaseous man in the land." So obviously, yeah, we picked that one. Uh, it, it, it ride by on my big white horse and wave my magic wand. It's just stupid little things that we were just cracking up the whole time. wasn't singing a cohesive song each time he just they're like all right we're gonna just sing these six words and he's like seriously not even just that like there was male and female versions of the song there was 20 different styles you could choose from country boy band pop rock it it was just crazy like they had to they took so much time and effort to do like this is something that they could literally put on like disney's website and just have you do it for fun and i'm not sure why they haven't done that because it's so easy to implement that they could just do it yeah, they could even reinstate that anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Keep all there. the stuff that they had in there and just kind of put it somewhere else. It's so easy to to do. Yeah, and all they need is the space of the little recording booths that you have to. Yeah, it was just so much. Like, and they treated you like you were like recording art. There's literal booths with a curtain 
you closed it. It looks like yeah, the little, little light mini- came on. The yeah, out, like, now on recording. Air. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> like you were in a recording studio, and then you come out. You obviously had to pay for the CD, but the song you could listen to as many times in the recording booth as you wanted. Once you're finished, you could hear the whole song from front to front to back. It was just, it was the the, the most you would laugh in a Disney attraction. Uncontrollable laughter. It was the best. I wish I could yeah, go back and do it again. I wish I could go back and re-record the exact same song because I remember almost ninety percent of the lyrics, just so I could have the CD again. Yeah, that nostalgia factor. Oh boy. So, with those two aside, you then I'll have to I'd have to choose um, as a favorite Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster. If if there was any part of Disney Quest that I remember super fondly. It was this ride. And it's essentially bumper cars with a twist. So you can do it single, but if you had a buddy... Or it's so much more fun with friends. Yeah. In my case, I had a brother. Yeah. And he could... You could. There were two seats on this car, on this bumper car. So one guy drove, or girl, and the other actually fired balls at other, at other cars. They're so like... Um, they were quote-unquote... Like balls. But they're yes. like kickballs, so they made that like the boom sound like when you were in. Yeah, no, they like they shot pretty nice. So, but what? the whole point of the driver is they would have to drive around, find the balls. Their main Astros. focus was just, yeah, the Astros. Their Astros. whole purpose was to find where they were on the ground and suck them up into the car. Yeah, when you drove over them, you would suck them up. Like that's the thing. You have to like you would just drive over these balls, and they'd suck into the cabin, and that's where the layer the other player can load them into a, a cannon. Like, <laughs> I'm not joking. You, you stick these balls into a cannon and then fire them at the other cars. And then the, the best part is if you hit the other car at the right spot, you actually spun them uncontrollably for 10 minutes. Like, it just, their car shut off and just spun in a circle. And then you're like, really? Come on. I just... <laughs> for, for 10 seconds. And especially if you, have a, control. if you have a group of friends, if you had a group of friends with you when you did this, it was the worst because... You'd be like, hey, everybody else just gang up on this person. So everybody would be shooting at this one person. They had no time. All they're doing is spinning in circles. Yeah, it, you get dizzy real quick. And, like, you could, it was the worst feeling to get hit. I still recall being in that car in control of that cannon, about ready to line up a shot. And next thing you know, you're just spinning. You're just going for a spin. You, got, <laughs> you have you got no control. You are, And 10 seconds is not a short amount of time. It seems like it would be, but it's not because you just want to get back in and start shooting people. Yeah, if you like, you just sit right now and just when this is over, count ten seconds out. Like watch an actual clock and count out ten seconds. If you're trying, like if you're and isn't that, if you're spinning in a circle this whole time, that's a decent amount of time to just be sitting there spinning in a circle while balls are flying around you. Like it is, it was a hectic moment. That that's a ride that I will I will miss until the day I the day I dropped because that one oh, that was so much fun. Just I love bumper cars, but just to have the ability to shoot a cannon at other people <laughs> on a bumper car, I don't know what, what Imagineer thought that up, but they deserve a medal. And, and that that is something that they really should put, that plus the, the music thing. Actually, even Cyberspace Mountain, those three should be put somewhere else in the park. Um, especially, especially the Astro Blaster. It was so much fun. Um, and Literally, like it's supposed to be a bumper car, and you were not trying to bump into anybody. It you're trying to get those balls. All you want to do is get the, get the ball, and, and usually the 
best player of that thing was some old lady and little kid. And you're like, how are they like dominating this whole? Yeah. It's always somebody you would not expect. That mom could always drive that car. Yeah, it, it was just a great time. That the two biggest lines you would find in Disney Quest for the most part were the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster, Cyberspace Mount, and also the Virtual Jungle Cruise. Those yeah. were the three big, huge, always a line. I'd wanted to hit on the Virtual Jungle Cruise because that one also, that was a close second for me. I'm a huge Jungle Cruise fan, and remember when I was I first went on the Virtual Jungle Cruise, I thought it was going to be like Jungle Cruise, you know, slow moving. It's not. You get on essentially a, a inflatable raft with actual paddles. They give you legit plastic paddles. And you're in front of a giant screen, which is the river. And under you, under your raft, moves. So your raft is being pitched back and forth, up and down, left and right. And then these airbags, essentially, on either side of you fill up. And you actually row your oar into the void on the side of your your raft and that will actually control what's happening on the screen in front of you to help you navigate your way down this virtual river and it wasn't just like oh look here's some elephants well you can take pictures they have their trunks on ha 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 it was like there are dinosaurs you gotta avoid <laughs> what, what is- <laughs> and you're getting sprayed with water and stuff and- it, it started off as you were in disneyland in california because you can see um, um, Aurora's castle in the back. And then you it kind of like twisted in time. And then all of a sudden you're in, in, in dinosaur land. Like <laughs> Yeah, you were actually on an actual jungle cruise on an inflatable raft, navigating your way down a virtual river. And you actually got wet. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was, it was little splashes of water you weren't expecting. And it was, as I, I remember as a kid, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. I... I want to go back to the Jungle Cruise where there's some skipper at the front telling me lame jokes. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson in the new Jungle Cruise movie. Yeah, I'm excited. I am too. But uh, to, to, to burst your bubble on this, uh, to, to kind of take the magic away, I was looking up some information. Fun fact. Um, the Jungle Tell me you didn't control it. Well, no, you did. You knew that. You controlled with the paddle. But yeah. do you know what the raft was? It's literally an air mattress. Was it really? Yeah, it, it's an air mattress underneath the raft that inflated and deflated as you rode it. That is ingenious. Yeah, it's liter- that's all the magic was. It was an air mattress. So that's how you bumped up and down, is they yep. pumped air into an air mattress. Yeah, and so it was, if, it, if the air mattress popped, it was very easy to fix. You just put a new air mattress in. Yep. That's, that is genius. Yep. I'm not even mattress. mad. I am not even mad. That is amazing. <laughs> I I guess that's the quickest and easier easiest way to make that happen. Instead of actually having to use like hydraulics and stuff. Yeah, and it was with those paddles too. I completely forgot until I was looking at one of the pictures. They had wheels. Yes. <laughs> so you like you get handed these if you're on if you were on this for the first time, not if you are because you can't anymore. But if you were on this for the first time, they handed you these paddles, you go, the heck? Because there's <laughs> two wheels gonna on be, them. Yeah, you're going to be scraping them across the ground, essentially. Yeah, on, on the, the outer ends of the uh, the, the ride, there's also, it's inflatable as part of the mattress. Um, you roll the, 
the wheels over top of it and it knows that you did it because it has little probably sensors in it. So if only the people on the right are paddling, it's going to move left. Um, so you kind of have oh, yeah, to control that's, it. It's kind of like water water rafting. Yeah, that's why it's wheels. That way, like, that way you're not scooter. Can you imagine the noise? You pop so many air mattresses. Or even just the noise of like those paddles scraping mm-hmm. their edges along. Oh, my God. That would just drive people nuts. But the wheels allowed them to roll nicely. So, um, yeah. So that was Disney Quest. I'm very sad thinking about it now. Please hold on. Yeah, and that was the last part of the extraterrestrial attraction that you could even go on. And now that's gone, too. Still not the science guy's no longer in Disney World. He's not? Um, no. I don't think he is. He was the last time I went to Disney World. He was there. Oh, yeah. Maybe he still is there. Okay. I, can't, I mean, I've, I can honestly... I was just there, and I can honestly say I did not stop to take notice if he was on the video. when you Because it was... I guess it was just a very short line when I went to ride Dinosaur. So I didn't take note to see if he was on that ride queue video because I kind of, I was lucky enough to just, it was such a short line. We spent very little time in that front part of the queue. Mm-hmm. And so we just went right to the back where they were talking about um, the uh, the heist you were about to perform on the dinosaur ride. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I do not recall if Bill Nye is still a part of that attraction. Let us know if Bill Nye is still in the dinosaur in Disney World at Animal Kingdom. If he's still part of that ver- that queue, there's like there's videos hanging from the ceiling because I spaced out and was probably too busy talking as I always do and didn't pay attention to the video in the queue. Oh, uh, also really quick, uh, going back to Disney Quest, you remember the the elevators? Yes, they had yeah. genie in it. It was yeah, because the elevators. It was it, that was interactive too. Like genie showed up, and like it was a screen projector, and he showed up, and he took you to the floor you're going to. I just remember that now. Yep, yep. They did their best to make the whole thing very Disney, but I guess I, I think the very top floor was uh, was a food court. But other than that, it was wall to wall fun. Yeah, and you did you didn't have to leave to go eat. I mean, it was food court food, but. Yeah. Most of the patrons were teenagers or kids anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, very top. Um, I'm sure, you yeah, know, there was also a gift shop because this is Disney. Um, that about does it. Do you have anything else about today's episode? Um, not about that, uh, but we did hit 100 likes. Yes, we sure did on Facebook. So, um, Thank you all so much for for coming out and, and liking. Um, make sure you then subscribe to us where you get your podcasts as well. But we wanted to do something real special for you guys for um, for helping us get to 100 likes. We've actually reached 100 likes. Um, so what, what are we going to do, John? Uh, so what we're going to do is we are going to have you let us know um, a topic that you want to discuss. Um, as always. But this time there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of a... A hitch in that giddy up, right? Yeah. Uh, so what you're going to do is you're going to let us know uh, what topic you want to talk about. And then we will post on the Facebook uh, poll. a poll. And whoever gets the most votes will be featured in an upcoming episode. Um, yeah, you let us know the topic you want to talk about. Yeah. And we'll invite you on as our very first guest 
uh, fan guest, and we can talk about whatever topic you want to, kind of like we did with Disney Quest here. But you can then be part of the podcast. Make sure so. Make sure you uh, send us what you want to talk about, and then when we um, when we post that poll, share to your friends, your family, pretty much anybody. And if your topic gets the most likes, we'll have you on. We'll talk about our favorite part of your topic. You'll talk about your top part of your topic. And we'll just, you know, you can join the conversation. Yep, we'll have a discussion. So that'll be our first um, time having um, another person on the podcast. We'll probably be within the next two or three podcasts, most likely. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to doing that real soon, just as soon as we get a, a good number of responses. Yep. You guys. yep. Um, and that would just be the, I think that's going to be the beginning of a recurring theme with the Disney do dot podcast where we're going to, we want to know what you guys think. You know, it's, it's not all about us. Disney is very inclusive. It's all about making sure everyone is, you know, has a good time and enjoys the magic. So it's going to be a recurring theme that, you know, every once in a while we will, we'll reach out to you guys. You guys can be, have a guest appearance on the podcast. Also, if you want to come on the podcast, if you just went on a Disney vacation, Disney cruise, Disneyland, Disney World, etc., let us know. We'll have you on. We can do a whole trip report episode. You guys can tell us um, everything about about your last trip, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you wish you could have done, what you're going to do next time, and we can uh, we can then get to know, you know, get some tips and tricks for the other guests. Um, and listeners that are planning to visit very soon themselves. Especially if you're going to visit some of the uh, the newer things that have just opened. For example, Rise of the Resistance. Uh, yeah. If you go to Disneyland California after February 28th and you see that parade, uh, you can let us know how it was. Um, also, you can give us pictures or you can post uh, or tell us, uh, give us pictures. We can post uh, pictures for you uh, from what, we, uh, what, what you saw. So definitely yeah, let us know everything that uh, if you go down. Let us know. Yeah, you wanna you wanna be on the podcast? Just just shoot us an email, as always, to our email DisneyDoodahPod. Ah, sorry, DisneyDoodahPod at gmail dot com, um, or just give us a private message on Facebook. Even just leave a comment on Facebook. Whatever doesn't matter. We'll hear it. We see them all. Um, so I guess that's it for today's episode of the Disney Doodah Podcast. Um, this is do dot podcast is a podcast by myself and John Brad and John Michael. If you have your own idea, like we just said, uh, let us know. We kind of discovered, discovered, discussed all the different <laughs> ways to let us know. We'd always love to hear from you. Uh, this episode and all episodes are brought to you by me, Brad at Wicked Mouse Travel. If you'd like to get started planning your next magical Disney getaway, drop a line on to Brad at WickedMouseTravel dot com or find me on Facebook at Brad at Wicked Mouse Travel. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you real soon. That one was pretty painless. Yeah.